Big news. This Wellness Couch podcast is proudly brought to you by the Wellness Summit, returning this year to Melbourne on August 17 and 18. Early bird tickets and all info at thewellnesssummit.com. Welcome to Best Me Radio. I'm your host, Carl Hemmington, and I talk to experts in many areas, including movement, psychology, nutrition, as well as other inspiring people who have done extraordinary things, all in an attempt to provide you with the information, inspiration, and tools that will empower you to step into the best version of yourself. Hello, Best Me community. Welcome back. Today, we're here to talk about a personalized approach to mindfulness. Mindfulness is very, very popular at the moment. And it's becoming common knowledge that uh, a mindful approach can help us in many ways, including decreasing stress, better decision making, increased brain output, increasing working memory, creating better motor patterns, so the movement world, and even decreasing pain and much, much more. But how we become mindful and what may influence how we get to that mindful state can actually differ for everyone. So once again, there's no one size fits all approach to uh, mindfulness. To the extent that what may assist for one person in creating a calm and mindful state or a flow state for one person may actually create stressing and anxiety in another, um, which actually takes away from the mindful experience. So in this episode, you'll learn how to facilitate a mindful experience for you and the five-step process to becoming a great director in your own life. Uh, First of all, I'd recommend looking at the image available uh, on the Best Me website uh, attached to this email shout-out. So you can subscribe to this uh, through bestme.co.nz. So just click on subscribe and you'll get the email that goes with um, the actual episode, which which gives you a few extra tidbits and some images and some supported links as well. So I'd recommend checking that out. And yeah, please enjoy this chat. Uh, for the first return guest on Best Me Radio. G'day guys, my name is Dr. Cam McDonald. Um, I've got a background as a dietitian and exercise physiologist and for the last uh, eight, well, sorry, four or five years I've really been uh, trying to understand a lot more about what drives people uh, not only mentally but also physiologically and looking at that down to the genetic and, and epigenetic level. So a lot of my work involves understanding the human in front of me, understanding the humans in front of me in group work, uh, knowing what the best foods are, what the best exercises are, and the timing of those, and probably uh, an area of real passion, but not part of my classical training, has been understanding um, how brains work, how decisions work, how behaviors are formed, and how that differs for different people, and what creates an anchor or an emotional attachment for some things for some people while it's quite different for others and uh, incorporating this into clinical practice uh, and and helping people understand the information that's best for them but then doing it in a way that really suits their brain is is one of my real interests. So, um, you know, a big part of that is is helping people understand what's going to allow them to make calm decisions that aren't in a stress, aren't coming from a stressful place. And uh, if we're able to create that state for people, then we can really make a great difference. So a lot of my work goes into helping people understand themselves, helping people understand others so that you can be in that calm state as much as possible. And that's exactly why we're here today. Uh, thank you, uh, Dr. Cam, for coming on once again. Great to be here, Carl. So I thought we'd just jump into it, and we are going to explore uh, personalized mindfulness today. So mindfulness is a very, very hot topic at the moment, 
Um, and I know um, that you've got some ideas around this, and I just really want to flesh that out a little bit with you and, and dive into some of the neuroscience and some of the actual uh, application as well. Um, but I think firstly, um, I'd like you to, to define uh, what mindfulness means to you. Yeah, good question. Yeah, it's, a, it's an awesome topic, uh, mindfulness. And uh, for me, uh, and what I've seen and, and the resources that I've, I've accessed in, in my learnings, mindfulness is very much about being aware of your thoughts, uh, being aware of your actions, being aware of your reactions. Ultimately, it's uh, taking a, a seat in the cinema uh, while the movie of your life and all of the thoughts that you have are actually playing out on the screen. And so depending on on who you want to talk to, there's a number of analogies that I go to to really um, to navigate that. Um, the first is uh, imagine the or well, the first quote really that helps helped me understand it is that you are not uh, the voice in your head, you are the person listening to the voice. And so this really talks to the idea that uh, there are thoughts constantly going through your mind. And those thoughts might be terrible, they might be fantastic, but ultimately they aren't you, they're just mm. thoughts. Um, and you, as, as the person behind those, uh, behind that brain, you know, sitting and uh, watching these thoughts, uh, you're able to determine uh, whether you're going to act on them or not act on them. And so a couple of ways of, of understanding that, the first is uh, the director and, uh, and theater model, which is the quiet observer or the person watching the thoughts in your mind is the director. Mm-hmm. And there he's sitting in the audience and he's got all the characters playing out on stage. And so all of the characters represent a uh, different thought process. So let's say that you, you roll up to work and you meet you know, a, a workmate who you don't like at all, who really frustrates you. And the character now on the stage is you know, frustrated Carl. Mm-hmm. And frust- frustrated Carl has a certain uh, affect, uh, acts a certain way, um, you know, makes certain sounds when he talks, uses a certain tone of voice. Um, and then, but then you walk to the next person and this is someone that you really enjoy and then um, happy, elated Carl comes to life. And so this is a completely different character, even though it's the same person. Now, effectively, um, we're always navigating our world based on the stresses that we have, and stresses mm-hmm. can come from anything. But when you're when you're more stressed, you're often more likely to be coming from that frustrated Carl point of view. Yep. And so what the director, and what, once you are able to engage with mindfulness, is to understand firstly that you know, how you react, how you hear things, how you think about things, what you say is actually the choice of this director. And so you don't have to take part um, in being that character. You can actually sit back and observe and say, mm-hmm. is this the character that I want on my stage right now? Um, and so you can say, you know what? I want frustrated Carl away and I'm going to bring on empathetic Carl for this person who normally frustrates me. And empathetic Carl is going to understand what this person does things in a certain way, understands them a lot more, and therefore you navigate that exact same uh, situation with, with a lot less stress. And so uh, the way I like to think about mindfulness, just to, to sort of give a bit of a summary to that, is you being aware of your thoughts, you knowing that you are the director, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to being lost as a method actor in the character. So where you, you become aggravated or frustrated, Carl, and you're sitting in those emotions and you're blindly raging away. Um, <clears throat> We've all been there. <laughs> we all have all been there for sure. And I guess the uh, mindfulness is the understanding that, you know what, these are <clears throat> not me. This is not me. Mm. 
but I'm observing me right now. And from that point of observation, you have choice. You can say, do I want this to continue or do I want it to change? And it's not as easy as it sounds, but that first step of awareness is very much what I consider mindfulness. And then mm. as you become more and more aware, as you understand the role of this director and how much power it has, uh, the how you are aware becomes more intricate and more fine and more and more nuanced so that mm. you can understand more and more about what drives, not the fact that you can just see these thoughts, but you can drive what creates these thoughts. And once you understand what creates the thoughts, <clears throat> you know, what was the the memory that, that, you know, the emotional trauma or the emotional um, <clears throat> insult that occurred that drives that aggravation. Yeah. What's the, what's the safety that you're looking for? And so mm. just to round that out very much uh, observing the brain is that, it, is that it's always looking for um, safety. And so being aggravated and frustrated very much protects your brain in that instance because it's you've taught yourself once upon a time that this is very protective. And so <clears throat> when you're a director – and you can appreciate that there's a reason for these emotions. There's a reason for these thoughts. And you can then place no judgment around them, just allow them to be and interchange them as you need to. <coughs> it's brilliant. Me. So uh, mindfulness, yeah, it's, a, it's a, an incredibly powerful modality and something to think about <clears throat> and uh, deepens with, with more awareness, that's for sure. Yeah. So um, I guess the next question leading from that is, is how, do we, how do we get there? How do we get into a, a, a mindful uh, state of being is that different for everyone or do some techniques or uh, modalities work for some people and and, and for uh, some for others definitely uh, so mindfulness is something that anyone can share and it's a uh, probably the level of your mindfulness is is very much based around your awareness that mindfulness exists that's probably the first step for everyone yep. is you yep. need to know that mindfulness exists in order to to use it. So yeah. the first step is awareness. Um, <clears throat> then you have choice as to whether you exercise it or not. And so uh, when you're making the choice about whether you exercise mindfulness or not, sometimes you don't feel like you have choice. You've just walked into you know someone yelling at you, being very angry yeah. at you. It triggers your emotions. You don't even have, you don't feel like you have a moment to respond, but you just end up saying something that you don't necessarily want to. Yeah. Uh, and so <clears throat> social stress can add to that load as to why you wouldn't engage with mindfulness. Uh, uh, then even physical stress, like the not, not eating the right kinds of foods, not yep. exercising the right way, uh, or just generally not moving much, you know, being in work that you don't enjoy being in a relationship that's not functional, um, and even being in a physical environment, you know, being sat right in front of an air conditioning, if you don't like air conditioning, can be a stress and can yep. decrease your patience, your tolerance, and therefore it decreases that the feeling of choice that you have around mindfulness, if that makes sense. So um, what, what I, I guess the most important thing is that when you exercise mindfulness, it will be normally from a state of calm. Mm. And uh, it's with that calm comes the mindfulness. And I guess the reason why I give that preface is because each one of those things, food, exercise, the environment, the social, the work, different things are very stressful for different people. Yeah. And so you might have someone who um, – uh, who is uh, more, and I guess when we start talking about um, you know, sort of personalized health sciences, normally we see with a, a leaner body, <clears throat> normally a, a more ectomorphic type body. Yep. If you place them in an environment uh, with a very, very loud, 
environmental stimulus, you know, lots of noise, lots of activity, uh, their ability to be mindful will be significantly reduced because we know that their their sensory organs are much more much more sensitive, yep. and so that kind of environment will actually create stress for that that person. Um, so much so, it'll decrease their ability to be mindful unless they're very very strong within their mindfulness. Whereas someone else, you might find that being in that crowd with lots of people with lots of interaction uh, with plenty of noise actually energizes them mm. um, and and they really flow in that state they're yep. able to really uh, go you know move with the flow and get energized and uh, a lot of happiness a lot of stillness in, in essence from all of that activity yeah so <clears throat> this is why uh, when we're talking about getting to a state of mindfulness, how you get there actually differs. And so uh, mm. depending on, you know, I guess we have a, a number of things. We have meditation. You know, uh, meditation is very much uh, calming the mind through breath or through ma- mantras. Uh, you know, so it's effectively a repeated stimulus um, yep. that, that is, allows you to just focus on one thing. And what this does is it takes away a lot of the, the beta wave activity out of your brain, increases the alpha wave activity, but it also allows you just to quieten your mind yep. so that you can uh, hear that, that director's voice, which is often a lot quieter. Mm. Um, and so how, do you, how you get to that state can differ dramatically. So that more ectomorphic body, yep. that one with a very active nervous system, uh, which, which comes from embryological development, uh, what happens is that that body very much engages from a cognitive point of view with meditation. There's a, a yep. mental process and, and yep. a guide, normally guided um, guided meditation is very good for this brain because it helps them focus on just one thing at a time. Yeah, takes, takes out all the other stimulus and allows their nervous system to calm a little bit. Is that right? Exactly. Mm. And and to give this person, uh, don't think about anything is, is a fool's errand because this brain will always hmm. be thinking about something. Yeah. But it's it's the individual, that single focus, which and, and particularly when you're focusing on the right thing, a non-stressful event um, or something that's quite happy and peaceful, it brings peace to the rest of the brain. Brilliant. And so controlling breathing, uh, turning on the vagus nerve, uh, you know, just increasing that parasympathetic tone is really, really powerful mm. uh, in, a, in a still meditative, in a classically meditative state. Whereas to decrease the stress from a more mesomorphic body, generally these bodies are shorter, their muscular tone is quite visible, uh, they've got round muscles, um, they've got uh, a fiery kind of uh, energized state, <laughs> they're generally full of energy and ready to go. Yep. And uh, they have a quite a different brain in that they don't, uh, generally, what we see is that they don't need the the, the cognitive focus. What they need is uh, to blow off all the other things that could be causing distraction through energy release, and that mm. might be exercising intensely. It might be shouting to the rooftops until there's nothing else to shout about. Yeah. It might be flying into a boxing bag and it's basically releasing. energy release. <laughs> exactly, it's it's catharsis, catharsis whether it be physical yeah. or verbal. Absolutely. And so uh, what that does is this body is designed to move, it's designed to exert energy, it's designed to uh, you know, experience variety. And yeah. so in order for this brain to calm down, it needs to experience those things. Uh, and this is what it does. So you do something very cathartic, like some high-intensity exercise, mm. and then it, it allows the brain then to shut down and not seek for that movement, not seek for that variety, and allows it to calm. And in that, say, in that sense, and what we see in the – a lot of the literature is you get 
a greater alpha tone, alpha wave tone, which is the calming sort of inverted commas meditative brainwave, uh, you get a greater alpha wave tone after exercise. And so after, for, particularly for this body, if you sat it down in a room and told it to focus on just one thing, but it had a lot of unspent energy, then you'd find that that brain wouldn't be able to focus. It would want to get up and move because that's the natural inclination of that body. And so making it exert energy yeah. and then exert to a point where the brain effectively switches off uh, when, when all you can feel is the muscle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, then you drop into a, a very restful meditative state afterwards as well. And this is a very good time for that type of body to, to have a meditation or to do some slow breathing or to have a nap. Um, and so in that way, after that exertion of exercise, that's when they're going to experience that very calm state where mindfulness is very easy. Whereas before that, there's a lot of unspent energy yeah. that needs to come out in a very blunt fashion uh, for this body. Yeah. So um, when you're... If you don't spend that first, then uh, the energy will, will try and get out. And the way this energy gets out for this kind of body is physical catharsis. Yeah. So uh, very different, those two. Whereas the third type of, of brain, and really there's, there's actually 72 types of different brains. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about three major You do you want to run right? through each one? <laughs> yeah, not today. Um, <laughs> the more endomorphic, uh, what they get, uh, obviously you can meditate and do some quiet breathing. That's going to be appropriate for this body. But this is also a very connected, empathetic brain. And so what we see when someone goes into empathy, they actually have an alpha state running through them. And so uh, when someone is sitting there in gratitude or in love or empathy, they drop into a a greater alpha state in their brain, which is meditative. And this Mm. body, the endomorphic body, is very much designed uh, hormonally, physically, neurologically to nurture people. Everything in their body is designed to protect and nurture individuals, wow. and so and their tribe. So <clears throat> when they're in a, when they're doing something that's very rhythmical, that's without stress. When they when they have an understanding that their family is very happy, that yep. their finances are secure. <laughs> yep. Um, this means that their family and the people they're trying to nurture are safe, and this this decreases the stress for this body. This yep. body naturally. If you were to look at their brain, sits in an alpha wave state. Uh, if they're given their opportunity just to be who they are to be, um, and as a result, when you take away the stresses, when you make sure their family is comfortable and safe, when you make sure that they're not un- they're doing something rhythmical and steady, you'll find whether it be task driven, whether it be you know a rote learnt task, whether yeah. it be uh, you know out you know picking fruit, whether yeah. it be you know, something hands on, whether it be um, you know methodically. Uh, working away with a, with a hands-on task, doing some gardening or something like that, mm. you'll find that this brain goes into a into a very happy alpha wave state. Also, whereas you know the the ectomorphic brain is is definitely not that way inclined. Yeah. Um, you know, getting dirty and uh, doing that practical hands-on stuff, there'd be a lot of thoughts going through that mind. They very yeah. much need to focus. So that's going around the, the whole circle right there. So people, Brilliant. I guess. In, in short, people definitely need to in, into experience mindfulness. They need to be coming from a state of calm. And that state of calm is evoked through different ways. And in some cases, what will evoke calm for one person will evoke agitation for another. And, um, and understanding that difference is very important as people navigate their own mindfulness is that they, you know, understanding who they are and what their brain requires will effectively fast track them to a to a, 
a place where their director has more say and they mm. can understand their behaviors in, in a better way. That was brilliant. Um, and that pretty much uh, summed up everything. <laughs> that was really <laughs> nice. So my interpretation of that, um, on top of what you just said there, was um, to, to, to eventually get to the state of, of calm, which allows you to be mindful, um, you need to be you need to be living a, a healthy life based on your uh, genetic predispositions and your current state of uh, wellness. And part of that means decreasing the stresses that are relative to you uh, and living a life that is in line with your um, your your trend, your biotrend or your biotype. Um, and yeah, this is going to allow us to get into that um, that calm state, which is going to allow us to to do our mindfulness uh, practice and for uh, around that chart, the, the mesos um, would be more uh, to get there. They'll be more effective uh, in a cathartic way to get there uh, for the endos and um, make sure their family is safe through uh, and well nurtured and safe and looked after uh, rhythmic steady uh, patterns or movement. And with an ecto, it's more complete uh, stillness or sensory deprivation is that right? Sorry, absolutely. And yep. uh, if I was actually, depending on time, I could actually just quickly summarize what we might do with the uh, the crossover types as well, so the ecto, meso, and things yes, like that. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. So um, generally what we find with the ecto, meso, we've got a brain that is very, uh, very much wants to <clears throat> experience productivity. It wants to experience achievement. And it's a very beta wave state brain once again. Their, their brain is designed to be in a highly active state and a highly analytical state most of the day. And this is a, a misconception for some people in that sometimes they mistake overthinking <laughs> for anxiety when in fact their, their brain may very well be just designed to be thinking all yep. the time. Yep. Um, and it's totally healthy. It's just about then the content of what they're thinking about, which is very important. And so um, what we find with that brain to create uh, a, a, a calming, steadying state. Um, <clears throat> there's a number of things that are very important, and one of them that's very important for the ectomeso or the crusader, as we call them, um, they need to be what the work that they're doing needs to be very much aligned with their missions and goals in life. So, if they know that they are working towards something that's um, aligns with them and everything that they want to achieve and the impact they want to have on the planet that will be very pacifying for a crusader's mm. brain or an ectomeso's brain and so that will be <clears throat> a stressor so i'm not saying that they need to be doing that work all of the time but if they know what they're doing when they're doing it is aligned then there will be a lot less stress yeah we also know that <clears throat> uh having a, a very orderly to-do list um with uh with allocation for um an appropriate amount of time with, you know, sufficient flexibility as well, sort of having clear out like, guidelines of what's to be achieved uh, will also create calm in the mind as well. Mm. Uh, probably one thing that a lot of ectomorphic generally, so there's ectomeso, ectos and ectoendos can get stuck with is if they don't have a clear list of the things that they need to do and it's all swimming around in their brain, it can reduce their ability to be calm. And this will be <clears throat> quite important for um, – the crusader probably the the, the crusader or ectomeso i'm interchanging those terms right yeah. now yeah um <clears throat> where they're going to find the most benefit in fact is calming their brain between six six to ten p.m at night which is quite specific <clears throat> excuse me so um 
and this in this way it could be through some very gentle aerobic exercise something that doesn't increase any kind of lactic acid something that's just a very very easy rhythmical run might allow their brain to calm and clear that's yep. very mesomorphic that's the the meso part of them <clears throat> and they'll also benefit from doing a guided uh, med- <coughs> excuse me a guided meditation <clears throat> which very much keeps their brain focused as long as they know that doing the meditation is part of their productivity and if they're not aware that it's part of their productivity they might feel like it's a waste of time and therefore get agitated mm-hmm. and that's really important because if you're trying to get this person to meditate or you're trying to meditate and there's a thousand things on your mind uh, there's yeah. a good chance that your brain won't slow down which is the whole purpose so if you can have everything itemized very well yeah. uh, as to what you're going to do and how this meditation fits in and increases productivity that's going to significantly enhance the effect um, excuse me for a second <coughs> all right <Just>, uh, <laughs> no covering from a little little infection here yeah. so um, the second uh, hybrid is the the meso endo which is uh, the combination of the active brain versus the family oriented nurturing brain and so here we have that example of someone who when they're surrounded by people they get a lot of energy and so mm. when they're by themselves, their brain is actually very inactive. Um, and when they're around people, it's significantly more active. Um, and they get incredible amounts of energy uh, interacting with people and sharing trust and sharing connection. And so this person, in order to feel at peace, needs to have social interaction uh, in a way where they can be completely themselves. And this is what where the mesoendos can get trapped a little bit is that if they if they don't have relationships around them that allow them to be completely honest and authentic what they mm. might find is that they put on a front they put on a mask and they pretend their happiness a little bit <clears throat> uh, for the sake of creating trust and having a good social interaction yeah so making sure that they actually have someone in their life where they can vent authentically without any concern for any judgment and they can get off everything out of their mind, uh, that's a very important factor into calming that brain down so that it can be in a more mindful state. Um, And then finally, we have the ectoendo. It's the combination of the logical, analytical, ectomorphic brain and the nurturing brain. Here we've got uh, a brain that is very much set up for productivity through uh, steady planning. And so through organized time and what we find with the diplomats is where their stress comes from and in fact what takes them away from mindfulness is when their timelines have been disrupted or externally impinged upon. Mm -hmm. So when someone has uh, taken away the control of their time, so a beautiful way of creating calm in an ecto-endo or a diplomat's mind is by making sure they've got a very clear itinerary of the things that are coming up to make sure there's plenty of cushion in that timeline as well to make sure they can go over and take longer on the task if they need to um, and not have people come in and set them new timelines out of the blue. So like a partner coming home and saying, let's go out tonight. And the ecto endo (laughs) partner says, I did not plan for this. I have my evening completely planned out. (laughs) And now you're saying I need to be ready in five minutes. This stresses me out enormously. So, Um, understanding that that brain is going to come to a state of calm and mindfulness 
more effectively when it has a very, very clear plan and itinerary for how they're going to spend their time, how they're going to use their resources. Yeah. Uh, that's that's very much going to be a, a big trigger for them. And uh, making sure they have time to process thoughts is also something that's that's very important for that brain to, as opposed to, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> as opposed to a, another brain uh, that doesn't need that time and actually is quite excited by doing things at the drop of a hat and won't feel stressed and can be quite mindful when things are rapidly changing. So um, there's many factors that play into this. And, and I would say even, you know, some of the research in, in particular diets, uh, particular, the right types of foods will actually induce a greater level of alpha state um, if, if you're eating it consistently from heart rate variability data and things like that. So mm, wow. it's, it's multifactorial. You know, we've, we've crossed, uh, you know, gone across chronobiology with the timing of these things. We've yep. gone, uh, you know, neuropsychology with how your brain plans the day, uh, exercise physiology with catharsis, uh, you know, nutrigenomics from a, a point of the foods that you eat actually decreases stress and allows you to come from a calmer state. So sugar itself, very you know, uh, simple sugar is a physiological stressor. Yeah. So it it, it won't help you induce a calm state. Um, so things like that, it, these things are very multifactorial, and and everyone needs something slightly different. Mm. No, that's that's fantastic. Um, I'm just I'm just going to put this out to the listeners as well. Um, I think well, I know personally that I am in a far more mindful state. <laughs> Um, when I'm in a place of calm, you know, when I've been on holiday, for example, um, where I've got a nice, uh, you know, I'm getting all of these elements of wellness in place. Um, and generally I'm a lot more, <laughs> I'm a more pleasant person. What did you say before? I'm uh, compassionate, uh, empathetic, Carl. <laughs> yeah, <that's it. laughs> um, so I'm far more pleasant. I'm far more mindful. I notice things that I wouldn't have noticed Um when I'm in, I used to call it the haze, you know, when I've got my, my head down and I've got the afterburners on for days on end and yep. certain things you just don't notice, you know, whether it's the way someone's communicating with you, um, whether it's a physical thing. I can remember walking out of a um, a building after I'd done a, um, it was a, a float pod actually, when I was feeling a little bit burnt out a couple of years ago and I w- walked out and I walked through the streets of Wellington and I noticed all of these beautiful um pieces of art all over the wall street art that i'd never noticed before wow <laughs> right on my back doorstep yeah, I'm, I'm sure a lot of us can relate to this and i personally can relate to um what you said about the um the meso being able to cathar uh, having to cathart to get to that place of calm so they can um yeah have a more effective uh, meditation or, or meditative state that's exactly what i used to do i used to have to find that if i really <laughs> did a really good workout um, and I would be able to reach that, that meditative state, um, a lot faster. Mm, so, absolutely. so I put it out there to everyone else just to try and notice, um, you know, when they're in a calm state, when they're feeling he- healthy, um, and when they're living in line with their, with their genes, um, you know, how much more mindful they are and are they, <laughs> are they feeling like a different person? Are they being perceived, uh, like a, dis- uh, as a different person as well? Because mm. I truly believe that people aren't born angry people. They just, <laughs> yeah, they come from a place of frustration, like you said, and that Absolutely. can be because of the the elements you listed before. Exactly, and uh, just to wrap that up as well for people is um, is is just understanding that it's an iterative process of improvement. Uh, you know, and the whole word kaizen of you know gradual improvement. 
is is very very important to as we go through you know just being aware that you can be mindful you know where that mm-hmm. starts is that you become aware that it exists and then you become you know and then you have an angry moment and you become aware that you could have been more mindful but then what happens over time is you become aware before you get angry and so as you become more and more aware you can inter, inter intercept effectively the other thoughts that would normally come up and control your character on the stage a lot more quickly so you don't ever let them get onto the stage um and so once that happens once you have that awareness you have choice and you choose to exercise that or not in any one given circumstance and i can definitely think of an example yesterday where i had a choice but i'm a bit run down at the moment and um i had not slept that well the night before and in that moment i made a choice to not be mindful and uh, and to let my emotions play out, which is never really a productive thing, um, <laughs> depending. So you're um, so diplomatic. I love the way. You yeah, yeah. That's it. Um, so then we take that action. We you know after we get awareness, choice, and then we take action, and then we get to evaluate how it went. So after action, we go right. How did that work out? And this is where I'll really encourage people. This is a practice. It's not a, um, a thing that you either do or don't do. It's something that you continually get better at and practice. And so after an event where you felt like you did release your emotions more than you would have liked to and you didn't stay in that calm, mindful space, you can evaluate what were the factors that were stressing me that were causing that. And so this is where you can then refine. This is the fifth stage, action, choice, no, sorry, uh, awareness, choice, action, evaluate, and refine. And the refinement <clears throat> is really where the rub is because if you understand that, oh, you know, I was a bit run down yesterday, <clears throat> so I know that when I'm more run down, my brain is going to be more likely to fire up if it's triggered. And so when I come to the situation again, the fact that I have awareness around, well, I'm more aware now that if I'm run down, then I need to exert more energy into being mindful. That level of awareness, that level uh, that, that increases from the refinement, then gives you more strength. It gives you more awareness of the things that create mindfulness. And so it's a uh, an ever-improving <laughs> thing where yep. you, be, you be, as the more aware you become of the factors that affect it, you as a director can then say, all right, the weather's pretty bad outside, you're a bit run down, you haven't eaten, your mindful state might go, I'm, I'm so aware of these factors that might cause a little bit of impatience, I'm actually going to remove myself from that situation before it even come, becomes a thing. And in that way, uh, <clears throat> or if you do indeed interact with that, that situation, whatever it might be, uh, you're able to do it with a much greater awareness and therefore uh, more power in choice uh, before you then take the action yep. on how you navigate yep. a particular situation. <laughs> I can relate to that as well. Um, when I came through as a um, an activator and it, and it was talking about my fiery temperament, I was thinking, oh, I'm not like that. I'm, I'm, I think I'm pretty chilled out. Most people tell me I'm pretty chilled out as well. Yeah. But then I <laughs> traced back to... Um, well, first of all, I went back to when I was younger and I was definitely a little firecracker, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, and I remember literally reflecting on it uh, when I was younger going, this isn't really playing out that well for me. <laughs> um, yeah. And I've trained myself over a period of time. It wasn't a, a purposeful, mindful practice, but now looking back, at, um, I definitely did make that conscious decision. But um, And I've sort of trained myself to recognize some of those uh, 
I'd almost say prerequisite <laughs> um, yeah. to an explosion. And um, yeah, I sort of truncate it now before it gets to that point. Um, and one of those ones was just generally when I was tired uh, and hungry at the same time. That was one big one for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> otherwise known as hangry. Hangry. That's a, it's a real thing. <laughs> it's a real meso, thing. that's for sure. <laughs> yep. Man, that's that's mindfulness in action right there. It's just being aware of what triggers you and 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 adjusting because you have. Like, this is the most empowering thing. Is that it doesn't matter how stressful the world is around you. Yeah. It's only ever stressful characters who might have a bigger presence. They might have been on your stage for longer, so mm. you don't notice they're actually characters, but they just are, and yeah. so. The uh, at any point, at any level of stress, at any level of number of numbers of factors that are affecting, <laughs> you know, uh, your your affect or the way you're processing or your stress levels, you are always able to step into that director's role, and it's um, it's that uh, relationship. Then the more that you can enhance, you know, the happier you'll be in life for sure. Beautiful. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.